0: Judges chapter seventeen, and this is uh, so we uh, so judge, so uh, uh, Samson judged twenty years in Israel. Chapter seventeen, it says there was a man of Mount Ephraim, whose name was Micah, um, and he said unto his mother, "This is there's just a it's just kind of an odd." story here, but he said unto his mother, the 1,100 shekels of silver that were taken from thee, about which thou cursest and speakest of also in mine ears, behold, the silver is with me. I took it. (laughs) Now, 1,100 shekels of silver, it's not like, you know, it's not like the guy stole five bucks from his mom's purse. Uh, This was a very wealthy woman, evidently. Because you're talking in today's money uh, well over $100,000. So in a worldly sense, you can, you can see if she was a worldly person, which it seems that she kind of was from some of the things that I mentioned here, you can see why, why, in a worldly sense why she was cursing, right? Um, she had lost a lot of money. <laughs> and evidently she had kept track of it, and she didn't know where it went. And, uh, and Micah uh, did fess up about it, which is good, but I mean, it didn't change the fact that he took the money for whatever reason, and uh, it's, just a, it's just an interesting, kind of just strange account here. But I think there's some lessons to be learned uh, here in this, in this scenario, so let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, help us in this few minutes so we look at this account. Lord, just to be able to glean some truths from it. Lord, thank you for our church. Thank you for those that are here, especially on a, on a, um, on a Wednesday. And uh, Lord, give them a special blessing for it, I pray. I pray for uh, the good group who's uh, being next door as well, Lord. I pray that they'd be challenged to God's word. I pray, Lord, that they would grow in, in, uh, in the Lord. And uh, I thank you for, uh, for, for what you do through your word. You're so faithful to us, Lord. And I, th- I pray this in Jesus' name. Man. And so it says there, uh, you know. I, I Micah says, "I I saw how upset you were about it. No kidding, and uh, you spoke about it, and I, and I heard you. You know, I heard you saying that you would lost this money, and and evidently, you know, he started to feel bad about it, started to feel guilty. It doesn't really explain why, but behold, the silver is with me. <laughs> I had it. I took it. He said, and his mother." who was cursing, now is, uh, is giddy with joy. And she says, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my son. Uh, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. These things ought not so to be, the Bible says, right? But, uh, you know, so evidently, when, when things weren't going well for her, materially speaking, she cursed. And uh, when she got her fortune back... Um, you know, bless you in the name of the Lord, right? And uh, that, that is a, that's a worldly mindset. That's a normal worldly mindset uh, there. Um, and they see, you know, the world sees blessings and cursings in terms, many times, of material things. And, and so, um, and, and I, I look at this and I think, you know, is this guy to be commended because he gave the 100,000-plus dollars that he stole back? You know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, on a, on a very small scale, I mean, it's kind of like giving your kid an allowance for making his bed, you know, or for um, uh, for for not speaking disrespectfully to his mom or something, you know? I mean, these, <laughs> this is just like, okay, you took the money and you brought it back. Uh, I don't think you really deserve any applause or blessing for that. Um, yeah, thanks for bringing it back and getting it right, but, uh, you know, we need to have a long talk about this shouldn't have happened to begin with, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna. You know, if 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 my if if my kids if they do something that's right and that, that they should be doing, they're not gonna get a special blessing for that. Um, they could get a commendation of saying, "Hey, you know, that was a good choice. Hey, you know, if you're doing right, you know, keep up the good work." Um, and uh, I'm not against allowances, but you know, allowances, I. It seems to be should be more of a here's some you know some money that you can learn how to give to the Lord a portion of this and learn how to manage this and and you know use it for something. Um, you've been a good contributor, and so you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give you a little bit to to work with here. But I don't think that that kids should be especially rewarded just for doing things that they already should be doing, you know, um, and 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 certainly. If they stole something and felt guilty about it and brought it back, you know, there probably shouldn't be a special blessing involved for that. There should just be a, hey, look, never do that again, um, or <laughs> you're going to be in even bigger trouble than you're in now. Uh, so I don't know. There was a little bit, it seems like a little bit of a dysfunctional situation here uh, to me. And it, and, it, and it just gets more odd from here. Um, and when he had restored the 1,100 shekels of silver, who knows the story of what's going to happen? Like, you didn't read ahead tonight, but you know, you kind of know the story. Well, Mrs. Translator always knows the story. Uh, <laughs> some of you have probably studied the, the passage before, but it's not, it's not quite as, it's not as much of a beaten track as the story of Samson is, right? Uh, so he brings this, this fortune back, the 1,100 shekels of silver, to his mother, and his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son to make a graven image and a molten image. She's so saying, you know what we're going to do with you know, at least a portion of this money? We're going we're to take it and we're going to make an, an image to be worshipped, but yet it's, it's like we're going to worship the Lord through this image. And so her, her worldview is all over the place. Uh, she loses money. She curses in front of her kid, you know. Her kid brings it back, and she's like, you're the greatest kid ever. Um, and, then, and then, this is kind of the way I'm seeing it, at least. And then she says, oh, you know, this is such a special thing that we're going we're to make an idol, and we're going to, you know, m- worship this idol um, in the name of the Lord, which is, of course, one of the basic Ten Commandments is, you know, don't do that. <laughs> don't make a graven image, <laughs> Uh, to be worshipped. And, and so maybe she just didn't know better, but it, it's, uh, you know, it is a, it's just a little different uh, situation here. And it says, uh, Now therefore I will restore it, uh, an old molten image, now therefore I will restore it unto thee. So just take this money and make this, 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 uh, this shrine, this, this idol. Yet he restored the money unto his mother, and his mother took 200 uh, shekels of silver and gave them to the founder, to the one who could fashion this... Uh, uh, this this idol out of the silver, um, and who made thereof a graven image and a molten image, and they were in the house of Micah. And the the, the man Micah had an house of gods, little g's, and made an ephod and an teraphim. And so basically this, this mother led this son uh, to be an idolater, led him to be an idolater. And, you know, before we get too bent out of shape about this mother, there are thousands and thousands and thousands, if not millions, of people in America today that lead their children to be idolaters. Not in this sense of building a shrine to, a, you know, to an idol. But yet... You know how many parents invest a lot of money over time in emphasizing things that that the world lift up lift up as being important, and idolize to a large degree, and lead their children to idolize those same things, um, even as they, you know, even as they claim to be to be followers of God. It really is an odd phenomenon. Many times. Um, you know, in America, there's a lot of choices of things to be into. What is an idol? Well, the spirit of idolatry is anything that, anything that a person would, would look to before they look to the Lord. Anything that in their heart that comes before the Lord in their heart, right? Anything that they would look to as, as a priority before the Lord their God, that, that's idolatry. That's idolatry, and the choices are almost limitless in our culture of things that you know a young person could get into and that would take that would distract their heart from the Lord. Now that's one thing, because in immaturity, you know, the Bible says that parents bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In other words, they're going to need help you know, for their hearts to be shepherd and turned towards the things of God so that they wouldn't be, by default, little idolaters, right? But when, when it becomes really strange is when you have somebody that claims to have their heart towards the Lord that is leading their kids, you know, to put things before the Lord. Now, look, I know that there's there's nothing um, there's there, there there's nothing of inherent spiritual power in, in the day in in, in in Sunday in the day Sunday. But it is a day, it's the first day of the week, right? And the, and the Bible says that we are to commit to to the Lord, you know, the first fruits. And it is the day which was, in the early church, was recognized as the day on which to celebrate that we have a living Savior. It was the first day of the week to commit unto the Lord. It was, uh, uh, it it, it seems to be called the Lord's Day, even though every day is the Lord's in particular, you know. And and so it is a grievous thing as, as a pastor, as one who would, Anybody in the church who would say, you know, if we're going to be leading kids to have their heart towards the Lord, let's teach them that the Lord's Day is something special to, to, be, to be dedicated to him. If we don't want them to go in, into idolatry to say, you know, look, we're not going to let anything of lesser importance come between us and that which we would dedicate to the Lord. You know, this, is, this, is just like, this is one day, the first day of the week here, that, that, that we can just especially focus on going and meeting with other Christians and, uh, and learning from God's Word and a place to give, a place to serve. Um, you know, it's, it, Jesus, he said, this is my church, and, and I'm behind this. This is, my, uh, this is my brainchild. This is my heart. But how many times do we see, and I'm just giving one illustration here, how many times do we see you know, parents allowing other things to come in that are just, they have no value in comparison. A lot of times they have to do with what the world idolizes, right? But they allow these things to come come first and to be prioritized uh, because their kid is going to, you know, become some superstar in some uh, world-recognized program or they're going to be, you know, they're going to be, they're going to make it big in this, that, the other that ultimately... It's just a house of God's, you know? It's just, it's just, it's just a, bunch of, uh, a bunch of material things and a bunch of men's applause, a bunch of, of, of man's priorities, worldly priorities, that in the whole big scheme of things, they're not going to add up to, to, to really much of anything, spiritually speaking. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, it'll be like this. It'll kind of be the mixture of things. Well, we're going to go... We're gonna, yeah. I mean, those things that come before church and everything, and 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 maybe between some things that we call the Lord. But we're gonna go there. And we're gonna be a testimony. You know, we're gonna do this in the name of the Lord. Um, but how often does that really end up happening when we're not putting the basic things that God says to put first? First, <laughs> it just over time it never seems to hold water. It never seems to, and you say, well, you know, that's, I don't know, that seems to be some far-stretched application from this. I don't think it is. I mean, if you look at what's going on here, it's, it's, it's idolatry. It's the it's spirit of idolatry. Mixing it with concepts of we're followers of God. And it's a parent leading a child, I don't know how old Micah was, but a son leading a son into this. This was, this, this was the parent's idea. And, you know, so many times parents, you know, vicariously, they live their lives, you know, through the lives of their children. And, and, and instead of passing on a heartbeat for God, they pass on a heartbeat for everything that the world cherishes and says is, 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 is totally important. And, and it really, it isn't unless, it's, it, unless it can be said that this truly is, this truly fits with, uh, with this, the, the, the vision that God has given our family. You know, as for me and my house, we will we will serve the Lord. Um, I listened to a message this week that it was challenging, and I was I was gonna pass it on to the young couples. You know, uh, my uh, my four married sons, and then others I could think of. But uh, I and mean, even you know to to young adults that may very well be having families in the future is for the family to. know uh, I wish I'd done more of this. So we, we talked about. Things are important to us, but to to come up with a specific um, vision statement for the family. I mean, this is an example one of a very very general one. As for as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But maybe taking that a little bit further, you know, develop that a little more, and have and have the the, the children grow up understanding what the purpose, the primary purpose of our family is, what our mission statement is. And by God's grace, we're going to work as a team, as a family, never to get away from this, this mission statement. And I think if we really had biblical mission statement as individuals and, 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 and as families, it would take care of a lot of issues. Because you come upon another option, right? That the, 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 the devil loves to dangle out there and say, this would be great and this is worth it and this is, a, you know. Um, you'll still be a Christian you know don't be so legalistic and all that kind of stuff and you'll be like well no it's not a matter of that it's like it doesn't fit our mission statement right it doesn't fit our, 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 our vision for our family and so we're just going to do without that and there would be other things that hey yeah this we can do we can be a part of this we can have a great time with this and this fits our, our we, can, you know, we can use this for the glory of God within our vision statement within our mission statement now, look, I'm the same as you. I get caught up in things that, that aren't of much value at, at times within the, you know, the world's way of thinking about things. And if I, if I had taken the time to think about, you know, what's the real value of this? I've got to have a different spirit and approach in that because this, this fits the vision statement. This fits the mission statement. This is what we're about. Ultimately, the target is the gospel, right, and, uh, and keeping things in the right order uh, for, for that regard. So I just thought this was an interesting story here. Uh, in verse 5, and so, and the man, Micah, had a house of gods and made an ephod, and so he made priestly-like garments for himself. So he had the, you know, the exterior sort of religion going on and stuff, and, and, and tariff him and consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. Now, what do you have here? Now you have another generation. You see? You see what I'm saying? You have another generation here. And so the values of one generation usually are, are, you know, are passed on to the next, and then they go to even greater excess in, in, the, in the following generation. That happens so many times. Um, and, and so that's why it's so important to shepherd the hearts of the young people you know, towards the Lord, to be strong, to, to bring them to a place where they can embrace that for themselves. I, I, I often have looked at it this way. Um, the hearts of my grandchildren are at stake. <laughs> right? The hearts of my grandchildren are at stake as to what, uh, you know, ends up happening in the hearts of, of my children. Um, and, you know, it only takes one generation. The Bible says there arose a generation, right? There arose a generation um, whose heart, heart was not towards, towards the Lord. And, uh, you know, because it only takes one generation to... To, uh, to to lose that, and so um, there's some application of that. We'll continue with the passage uh, there uh, next week, and um, and hopefully that was a, a encouragement to us. Pray uh, for the families of our church. Pray for the young people of our church. Pray for the priorities of our church. And we have we have good good uh, you know good parents here. We have parents who are are, are trying to be um, on guard and be protective, and I appreciate that. We'll do everything we can to support you on that and uh, uh, i believe in that you know the uh homes making decisions that are best for their families we always try to support that we always try to say look if they're trying to do that for the lord because that's best for their family for their hearts to be turned towards the lord that's to be commended that's to be supported and uh, pray for one another uh, because a lot is at stake uh, for sure all right lord thank you for this uh, time we've been able to have together in